you got to keep that personality. Hey, everyone. On this episode of the NFT QT podcast, Ryan and I are exploring niche NFT marketplaces. We're not talking about OpenSea or Foundation. Nope, we're diving into the marketplaces that only sell one specific type of NFT. There's a lot of them out there, so stick around until the end. Yes, 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 yes. This episode was of the NFT QT podcast is brought to you by the NFT Handbook. The NFT Handbook is a detailed guide on how to create, sell, and buy non-fungible tokens without the need for a technical background. Learn exactly what NFTs are, how they've evolved, and why they have value. You can find the NFT Handbook on Amazon. Yo, Cowdry, what's good, Mike G? What is up, Q Harrison, NFT QT? How you doing? So there's a couple things. I'm doing well, man. There's a couple things, though. A couple things. Are you ready for it? Let's do it. All right. So first, first, before we get into this marketplaces, because I, I saw what you want to talk about today. But uh, before we get there, I got to make an announcement. What do you think? What, you what, what NFT you think I just bought? What NFT do I think you just bought? Yeah, boy. Ah, uh, I mean, is it like an, you got to give me a hint. Is it an avatar project or is it something a little bit more unique? Uh, it's actually a one of one project. It's a project you, you've actually seen the NFT. I know that for sure. Uh, did you buy a Chicago Bulls one? No, no, no. It's a, that's a good, uh, that's a good guess. No, I, someone listed my NFT, the caffeine one. And I was just like, uh-huh. man, I'm going to buy my back. I'm going to buy my back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there you go. This so, man got his own NFT. He's, own. He, had, he had to open up the podcast saying, hey, guys, I bought my own NFT. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. You know, I, I put time and effort and energy, probably a couple of hours. I thought I was people when I was making that shit. I was like, oh, yeah, let me let me get in there. I mean, you know what's crazy is when I was buying that NFT, I was thinking about our last episode. And I was like, man. Tory Lane said he sold out of NFTs in 57 seconds. And it took me like a minute and 37 seconds to, to, to just get the confirmation on the block. And I was like, man, I wish I had that fast gas like Tory Lane's. Hey, that's the, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the luxury of doing this on a, you know, non, a non-normal, you know, marketplace, right? Like, yeah. I don't even know if they were minting those things as people were buying them, you know, they might've just been taking reservations. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. I never thought about it like that. I guess there, there's different ways to do it. Um, I mean, the, the question is, does Tory Lanez own any of his own NFTs? Because Q does. <laughs> no, I feel, I, feel like, I feel like everybody that's in the NFT game right now definitely owns some of their own NFTs. You gotta. You gotta. Because if you don't and you're making NFTs, you, you can miss out on a, a, a tremendous upside. So I, I personally, I didn't own any of the NFTs from the NFT QT. But that particular NFT, so like if you buy one of my NFTs, I think we talked about this, where I have like, you know, an, a, there's an exclusive experience that only the, the owner can see. And that was the only NFT that got bad feedback. So I didn't want people to have a bad experience. So I was just like, all right, if people are going to like clown me or like give me feedback and say this is bad, I want to take that one off the market and fix it. And then, you know, maybe I reintroduce it. For sure. Yeah, no, I mean, they've been... uh They've been kind of hard to buy, man. I, I mean, I know you've been on a little bit of a hiatus trying to rethink it, you know, figure out exactly what the next, you know, 100 NFT QTs look like. But, you know, those first seven to 10 drops, they were uh, they were difficult to get their hands on. I, I really tried my hardest and I only got one. Man, I mean, yeah, the, the demand was definitely there. I think that the, the next the next variant of NFTs that I drop, uh, I will continue the series. Like you said, I, I was just taking some time. Not to like just pause and be like, yeah, I'm holding uh, NFTs from the market. It was more so like, how can I stay consistent with it? Because it was taking me between two, three, four hours a day. And it wasn't that I wasn't having fun with it. I just didn't feel like that was the most efficient use of my time uh, as it relates to creating NFTs. I wanted something that made a bit more uh, made a bit more sense, both for me and for the 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 owners. So these new NFTs that I'm working on behind the scenes definitely have a bit more of a personal story to them. They also, I think, are, are a little bit cooler from the concept. And, you know, we're, we're cooking on that. So with that being said, I think if you haven't already, check out the NFT QT, po- uh, not podcast. I mean, you're listening to that right now, but the NFT QT NFT collection. 
That's a, that's a mouthful, bro. That is, that is, that, that, we, we got to streamline it, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I think the NFTQT brand is nice, but we got to figure out what that collection is, yeah. you know, name, make it a little bit easier on the post. I agree. I agree. And I'm working on that. So check out my NFTs on OpenSea. Just type in NFTQT. You'll see them. And what you'll see is if you put an offer in, there are, there is a little bit of lift on that resale value. Cause right now there's only like eight or nine. Uh, actual NFTs and distribution. I guess that makes eight because I probably won't sell the crypto caffeine anymore. Like to get that one, you're going to have to really, really make me an offer I can't refuse or um, it's just going to stay <laughs> shelved. So they're going to have to pull up to your house and, you know, you know, kind of put a gun to your head or something. I, I an offer not. you can't refuse. I hope, I hope <laughs> not. I hope not. You know, I got the crypto dog on the defense. So if you, if you really pull up on that, that nonsense, you know, you, you don't have to deal with me. You got to deal with the drones and the crypto dogs. Oh, wow. Look at you. All right. Let's get into NFTs dog. <laughs> For sure. So, so, so I wanted to talk a bit about marketplace today. Cause I mean, I know everyone knows the big ones and like, you know, they're, you could make you could make a, a pretty good bet that you know OpenSea is going to be around in a few years. Nifty Gateway Foundation, like a lot of these, are, they're doing good, right? The ones where it's just kind of like, hey, mint whatever you want, and you know it's your job to sell it. Um, but I kind of wanted to look at like some of these niche NFT marketplaces because you know I follow I follow all the press releases um, for NFT stuff just because I like to see okay who's paying to talk about their new project, right? Um, and a lot of them, I mean, almost every day I see a new like themed or niche NFT marketplace. Like some of them might be, you know, only selling, uh, you know, comedy shows or, you know, comedy NFTs. Some of them might be selling like cricket NFTs. Like there's all of these like weird kind of niche NFT marketplaces. And I kind of wanted to, you know, just have an open conversation, one about each of these marketplaces I've found, but also like where you think it's going. Do you think it's, do you think that the, the, you know, the kind of the Ebays or the Craigslist of this stuff, like OpenSea, where it's just list anything, do you think that type of marketplace is going to thrive and survive all of this? Or is it going to be some of these like ones that are just like, hey, we only sell, you know, billiard ball NFTs, you know, like, do you think that those have a chance, I guess? So that's a great question. I think the way this stuff might ultimately roll the dice, and this is just my personal, this is my personal take just from what I've seen and observe in my observations. So this isn't the law. It doesn't have to work this way. I just want to preface it with that. And I don't know how the future will unfold. This is just my, my, my guess. My guess is that the open seas of the world will forever exist. Those are going to be the places where you know, if you want to get an NFT, you want to look up an NFT, you want to see the history of an NFT, you might go to OpenSea, you might go to even a Rarible or a Foundation. Some of these legacy, you know, marketplaces that people have just kind of gotten a chance to just get used to, right? I think that they've got the first mover advantage and optionality is just going to be uh, just heavily weighed on their, on their, on their, their, their dockets just because they've literally had some of the, like, look at OpenSea. It had every single, you know, project from uh, as old as Curio to the uh, crypto kitties to the crypto yep. punks, like just the projects that it's, 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 it's hosted and that have like, you know, that are represented there. They're, they're pretty, uh, they're pretty notable. Right. And it doesn't mean that those are the only, that it's not the only, you know, marketplace where you can exchange those NFTs, but it's the, it's the marketplace at which those NFTs are associated the most with. And so I think that that has some real first mover advantage. When you go beyond that, I think that there's going to be a branding element to some of these marketplaces where if they've got association with, you know, selling a different, a different flavor of NFTs, if you want to call it that, then they're definitely going to have that. And that's going to have some notoriety, but there needs to be one platform that's super agnostic. That doesn't really care. That doesn't discriminate. doesn't care about the blockchain. And I think the open seas and the, uh, I really, I, I'm just bullish on open sea. Cause I think that that's the, the, that's where you're going to see the most liquidity because you also have to think about these marketplaces and like they have, they have the chicken and the egg problem, right? They can have the dopest creators, but if they don't have no wallets with actual crypto in them uh, to, to just buy, you know, the, the creations, then you're just effectively a marketplace with, with no, no liquidity. And like, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like that. It's not the, the essence of like build it and they will come, you know, like there's so many marketplaces now where you can't just build a marketplace and assume that, Oh yeah, people are going to sell stuff here. Like you, you also have to help, 
empower your artists and your NFT creators to sell, you know, like you, you can't just expect them to do all the work. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm still of the notion of like, you know, I'm, I'm team open C and, and, and no, they're not paying me to say that. It's just, I, I, if you look at even my own NFT collection, I've maybe put a few NFTs elsewhere, but maybe not. I think I bought an NFT elsewhere, but I, I, I just believe in open C. And I think right now you need to concentrate all of the, the chips onto one platform just so everyone can get a lift. And then once everyone's kind of familiar with this stuff, then you can go elsewhere. But I think these, these marketplaces, they're definitely great ideas. And like, you know, if you can, there's definitely other utilities to NFTs that OpenSea is not exploring. I just think that if you're making an NFT, it better be on a blockchain and it better have a, an, an OpenSea listing in some capacity. For sure. Cool. Okay. I, I, I can, I can rock with that theory on it. Um, I think I'm, I'm pretty, pretty similar in that regard where it's like, you know, the, the pool of people who are willing to buy NFTs is so small right now that, yeah, you do kind of need just that one place that people kind of go. Um, and eventually you can have all the, all the competitors, but nonetheless, I mean, there's a ton of these marketplaces that have kind of unique propositions that I would like to talk about because, you know, even if they, even if they aren't killing it right now, you know, it might be in a couple of years or a year from now where, Hey, like they're finally getting some lift. The number of users out here is growing drastically and people, maybe they're looking for a different flavor of the month, like you said. Um, so with that being said, want me to dive in? For sure. For sure. Let's, let's chop it up. Cool. Um, I think the first one I wanted to talk about is this place called real nifty. Um, basically they created this concept called the make a wish NFT. Uh, definitely not copyrighted, definitely not registered trademark. They will never get that. But the make a wish NFT is interesting because, uh, they have a form that you can just fill out and say, Hey, what NFT do you want to have created? And they have some artists in-house or connections themselves. And if they like the NFT idea, they will mint it for you. Uh, this service is completely agnostic. So you get to ultimately say, hey, where, where do you want to put, what marketplace do you want to list this on? Where do you want to put it? Um, so yeah, it's like a, it's a, it's a pretty simple service. I think it's, it could get some lift for people who want to just try these things out. Um, they want to mint something, but they don't know any artists per se. They don't know how to get involved um but they're really just kind of looking for a collaborator uh, and i could totally see this this service taking off yeah i mean on their website they're like i love their marketing uh campaign because it's like make a dream come true with a real nifty wish nft and then they, mm -hmm. they go in and they say it's been your dream to have a phone call with barack obama or a song dedicated to you by taylor swift or to talk with elon musk about space travel Instead of waiting for an opportunity that will never come, mint an NFT for your wish and we'll try to make it happen. And, you know, what they what they do is they take you through this process where they mint and list the wish NFT. So you simply tell them, you know, what your wish is and they'll mint that real wish NFT. And the cost is basically the gas for creating it, um, which is cool because, you know, you don't have to put a lot of money up. But then you wait until it's accepted. So they'll contact that that person or a representative of theirs and let them know there's an NFT requesting a certain wish with a bid on it. And then if that person agrees to it, they'll contact you and they'll coordinate fulfillment of your wish. And if they're not able to reach them within 30 days or they say no, they just let, the, let you know via a text so you can withdraw a bid if you made one. And what's crazy is because... If you can put the first bid in, but if your bid is outbid by another buyer, then they will ask the person to grant two wishes, right? So they are still looking out for the original person, one for the top bidder and one for you, the wish maker. In effect, you would get your wish granted for free because someone is basically paying for uh, the, the they're, they're, they're paying for basically your wish. And, and that's kind of cool. And so I think... Uh, I, I think that like, you know, the whole concept there is they've kind of got two things going. They've got one, they're educating people about NFTs. Cause imagine, you know, Taylor Swift's representative gets a call and says, Hey, we've got $10,000. All she has to do is dedicate a song. It doesn't even have to be published. And they're like, really? Okay. That's kind of cheap, but we'll do it for a hundred. And then you're like, okay, you go back, you talk to your person. They say, possibly they put it up and then someone outbids you and they do like a hundred and one. Uh, $1,000, guess what? You've been outbid. You got your wish for free. So you're still getting that song. If Taylor agreed to do both, then like you're, you're, you're Gucci. 
And like, I think that that's, yeah. that's a, it's an interesting concept, right? Like on paper, fundamentally, this makes a lot of sense. I think they still need a little bit of like marketing Zaza. What I mean by that is like, you know, the website still looks a little, looks a little old. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, it needs, it needs, it needs what it needs right now is it needs that, that marketer that comes in with that final coat of polish. I think the idea For itself sure. is solid. I just think that they need that polish. If they had that polish yep. and they simplified things and they got away from stealing the make a wish foundations uh, slogan, cause right now they're too close. They're way too close. And the problem that we're yep. seeing with NFTs is, Think about the NFTs that are out there and uh, they they are stealing copyright. We have so many issues in so many domains that are popping up now about uh, copyright. If you've got a second, Ryan, uh, can we talk about the Pepe the Frog uh, NFT? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, do it. So, so do you know the, the story there? I saw you sent me a link. I didn't get to dive into it. So uh, learn, learn me something. Yeah. So essentially there was a collection. I'm going to pull that link up too while we're, uh, while we're talking. So that way I don't, I don't, I don't want to get the facts wrong here, but the Pepe, the frog creator basically had a whole project removed off OpenSea because he utilized a DMCA takedown. Right. And that project was called sad frogs. Now the sad frogs project was, interesting because it used a lot of different artwork from around a lot of different memes from around the internet and pepe the frog specifically was like hell nah we not gonna do this and they put that dmca uh copyright uh stra- uh uh the copyright uh takedown in and OpenSea obliged by it they had to right they're just like uh you know we don't really want to do this but you know we got to settle with the law right and, and OpenSea, i think was smart for doing that but then they also said that if they fight if the sad frogs project files a counter dmca OpenSea was unbiased and they'll follow whichever is lawfully required. So if the, the counter DMCA goes through, then they'll be able to put that sad fraud project back up. Now, what was interesting to me was not just that it was the fact that the Pepe, the frog guy, uh, he, he files this DMCA claim. And then when you go into some of the NFTs he's selling, he was using Jabba the Hutt from uh, Star Star Wars. And I was like, what? And the internet was like, what too? And so it's kind of like, well, dude, you're actually taking other people's IP and not even changing much. You're just using your artistic style and you know, you're using it to sell NFTs. You know, the current price on that NFT was 1,250 Ethereum at the time of this writing. Uh, I mean, not the time of this writing at the time of this recording, that's almost 4 million bucks, bro. A little over it actually. Wow. Right. And huh. this and this guy's going around the internet issuing out DMCA takedown requests on a little 10K project. So I was just like, damn, like this is this is one of those things where I I mean, I'm I'm I, I, I think that we're getting into a realm where the the copyright and the rights behind how you made your NFT actually matter. And we're starting to see takedowns actually actually proved to be true so this marketplace conversation means a lot i think the make a wish nft where we originally started this this means a lot you want to take your nft project and you want to get out of someone else's territory because this is the first realm people will make examples out of you i was seeing the other day and i don't want to go off track but uh didn't alibaba make a um they made an nft for copyright do you know that one correct yeah they launched a whole marketplace for trade for buying and selling and trading uh copyrights so like uh basically they're they're kind of creating a new service you know whereas there used to be you know there's a trademark division or whatever of the government uh they are trying to create the same service but with the blockchain as the uh um you know the source of power i guess or the the people that you know kind of hold hold all the records right yep yeah, I mean, I, I I was trying to find it actually. I couldn't. I could not find the actual marketplace for it because it did say it launched earlier this week. Uh, but I couldn't couldn't actually get to the page. I thought the idea was really cool, though. Yeah, no, no, no. I agree. I I, I mean, this is one of those things where I couldn't find it either. I just saw the press release, but it's it's one of those things where I think it's 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 needed. We're at a point where copyright and just where all this stuff stands. it's it's now is the time i think we should bring matt back on the show and we should do a whole show about copyright and trademarks and you know what's changed since 
we first started recording this, since we first got into NFTs. And it's one of those things where I've always tried to respect that. Like even when I'm, cause I, you know me, I like to practice. I like to collect. I like to buy, I like to make, I like to, uh, I like to participate in the whole NFT marketplace side, um, or just micro, mark, uh, not marketplace, but ecosystem. And in my creating, like, it's super like, cause you look at people and you're like, oh man, he just took a Pikachu and just like threw that up there. Like, I want to do that too. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Sure. Right. Like I, I'm not mad at it. Like, it's like, you know, the best, the best NFT artist today just, you know, makes art out of other pop culture things. Now I'm not saying that's wrong sure. or right, but I'm saying that it's not wrong for everyone to want to mimic the best in the game. Yeah. Uh, imitation is the, the highest form of flattery. And I think like with the whole Alibaba idea, who knows, maybe there's, maybe there's a future where you can, uh, sell licenses to your own nft style or the the art within your nft so that other people can do, create copyright or copycat projects that uh are similar but they're legal for sure for sure so let's jump back so, on let's jump back on track because you know we could spend a whole uh i, I actually like these asides because i feel like this is real conversation when you think about like what's going on in the nft space these are real these are real problems these are real things for sure. Absolutely. I think, uh, so that's, that's real nifty and their make a wish NFT cool concept guys. Let's, uh, show us a case study. Let's, let's see, let's see one of these happen in action. And then, uh, I think that'll get the ball rolling, but yeah, I want to, anyways, I want to talk to the real nifty, uh, NFT make a wish NFT people. Cause I think that they, they are on the right, the right track. I just think they need a little bit of help with marketing. So, uh, we'll try to, we'll sure. try to make that happen. Uh, cool. You want me to, you want me to shoot one? Cool. Let's do it. All right, so have you seen Jamb? It's J A M B B dot com. I have, I have, Bruh, This is very, like can- very cool, bro. This is like cameo, dog. This is like cameo, but except for instead it is. of telling people what to buy, like or I mean, like so in cameo for the people that don't know, cameo is a website. You can go there. You can find a lot of notorious people and and, and notable people, right, uh, on there, and you can buy a shout out or one of a kind. Uh, I would say saying or phrase from them that's specially made for you. So you get to write and say, you know, if you want the, uh, if you want Ric Flair to tell your best friend, happy birthday, you can pay Ric Flair a set amount of money. It's usually not that much, right? Like I think the the highest cameo I've ever seen is like 500 bucks. Now they have some that's over that, but the average cameo is actually quite affordable, which is why I think cameo works and they'll record a happy birthday. They'll get it to you within like 48 hours. And then you own that. It's not an NFT though. So jam is a platform or marketplace as Ryan likes to call it where they're taking jokes and selling those as NFTs. So they're, it's really, yep. it's really focused for comedians, right? Because comedians have, you know, a, a, an archive or a plethora of jokes and they practice these jokes and they resonate. Sometimes they don't. And what they want to do is say like, Hey, you go to a show if you really like this comedy special and you really like this joke from this comedy special, you can own that joke and you can watch it. I, I I would assume like I haven't bought one here, but the collection is pretty dope. Like from, from what it is, like they've got the the first show, they've got the performance and, and royalty. So, you know, the non fungible joking uh, it's the first live comedy special produced and distributed on a public blockchain. And if you buy it, you get access to uh, the royalties from it, which is pretty dope. Mm, I did not know about the royalties part. That is very interesting. And I think the, uh, like what I like about this too, is that they didn't, they have a couple like pretty recognizable comedian names in here. Like I've heard of Pete Holmes, um, before and Shantae Wayans. So they like, this was their first special that they recorded this non fungible joke. And, and so, you know, you have all these specials or these shows that kind of pop up in, in random places. If you could somehow, uh, you know, if you're like an early avid fan of a certain comedian and you're like, man, this dude's the next, you know, Kevin Hart or Pete Davidson or Tiffany Haddish, like, oh, I could totally see this person blowing up. You could own one of their first jokes that they're like workshopping somewhere. And then someday you see it on a Netflix comedy special. Like, that's a really cool story. If you could own somebody's like, you know, one of their first shows that they do um, or their first taped shows, uh, I think that that in and of itself is like, that's like true fandom. That's true collecting of, uh, you know, a celebrity that you like, you know? Oh, for sure. 100%. So I, 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 I'm a fan of jam. Uh, I think I'm saying it right. Is it jam? I think so. Jam. Yeah. 
I think right. I think it's dope. I I think that they've got to just get more comedians. They've got to go. They've got to be cameo. Like what cameo is to just anyone that's a, a blue check or an influencer. They've got to be for anyone that's a comedian. And I think that they can't box themselves and put them only in the uh, like. So they can they can't just do the the comedy show comedians, right? The people that are going to go to the comedy clubs and do the stand up. They need to also get the internet comedians. I'm talking about the people that are making memes and they're like going stupid. Like mm-hmm. think about the conceited NYCs where like he is a meme, right? And it's like, oh, okay, this guy makes sense. Or some of these people that you see that go viral on uh like uh World Star or the Shade Room or like any of these or you know full send or any the Nelk boys. Like when I started to think about some of these these internet native comedians that people tune into, millions of people tune into, right? That's where if they can get the comedy show and the, and and the internet comedians, I think they've got something really really dope because this is a new form of revenue for all of those creators. Definitely, and I think with the whole internet comedian thing too, like a lot of them, they they kind of rely on skit or sketch comedy, right? Like they do like a one minute like skit or sketch sketch type thing where they're like, oh, yeah. this is this is me as a as a detective or something, you know? Like right. like and a oftentimes, exactly, yeah. and oftentimes like those skits like you know they might put out 200 in a year and you know if you look at the the data it's usually only like you know a a small percentage five percent or a couple percent of those that really blow them up and get them to that next tier if you could get if you could own one of those early skits or one of those skits that seems like oh this is going to blow this person up wow like that's that's something interesting oh 100 i agree with that all the way through so Cool. I, I want to move on to the next marketplace because I, I think we, we might actually have to turn this into a part two. I think we might only be able to cover uh, a few more marketplaces. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's, there's a lot here. I mean, I, I'm telling you, like, there's, there's, just, a ton. there's, there's so two. many interesting angles. Yeah, we're on two right now. Um, I want to talk to the third one people here. too, though. Like, uh, let's, 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 let's follow up. So all these people that we're mentioning, because the space is so new, we're finding them and we don't know these people. So this is our first time even me and Ryan are actually discussing it. So I, I definitely yep. want to go back around and, and we, we need to uh, turn this into a session where we, we talked about it once and then we bring back some of these people. Yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely. Because it, it'd be interesting to get inside some of their heads to see like, okay, like, you know, oftentimes you got to plan these, these big marketing campaigns for a marketplace a couple months out. Right. You know, and for so sure. they probably have some ideas in, in route or they have, you know, big campaigns that maybe they want to, you know, they want to, prime people for um because obviously it's not like they're they're just putting up a website and saying hey come come make nfts with us like they have a plan uh for sure for sure i I got an idea so like i got, got i got an idea like when you think about marketplaces, like one thing that was really big on the era, like the web 2.0 uh era internet and for those that don't know that was like web 2.0 was getting away from blogs. So I would say web 1.0, like it, it closed on like blogs and RSS feeds Web 2.0 picked up from that. And they said, okay, it's really hard for everyone to have a blog. So let's just create social media. And like Twitter was eventually, it was, uh, yeah, Twitter was like, you know, a micro blogging service. That's how they, that was like the first version of marketing that they like spun out there. Right. So people were like, yeah, like micro bloggers. They were like, oh, you don't want a full blog. You can have a micro blog. Uh, And then, you know, Facebook came, they had the timeline, you've got Tumblr. So there was this whole era of people like just congregating digitally, having a digital presence and then sharing pictures and, and things of that nature. Right. Some of those pictures in the early days before people were taking pictures of themselves and going unique places and kind of being creators were motivational quotes. And there was like, you know, you had the the spirituality stuff. You had the like, you know, Tony Robbins isk stuff. You had just the, the general proverbs. And there's whole sites that still like are, to this day get millions and millions of hits uh, just because they have this this tremendous backlog of, of inspirational quotes. Yeah. A to Z quotes dot com. You remember that? Yeah. A to Z quotes. Uh, There's just so many of them. I can't even list them all. I just I like whenever I'm looking for a quote every now and then, like if we're writing something about Bruce Lee, I'll go there because I know you you can pull those off top. But me, I got to go back and look and see uh, what Bruce Lee is talking about. But 
I'm looking at it and I'm like, huh, like there, I have not seen it. And that was what I was doing when I made the crypto caffeine NFT was, I was trying to make a motivational NFT. There is a huge market, I think for motivational NFTs. Like, Hmm. like, and there's so many ways you could take it. So many ways you could play with it. Like if you were to come out and just say like, like if I was Eric Thomas, right. So many people like would probably like you, you could probably even start a subscription on, on this one. Right. I know this is now I'm combining two different business models, but uh, you know, if I kept a certain amount of ETH in my wallet or like if I bought a pass like monthly, so if I bought like, you know how we have the meta keys and like the meta key allows you to, to get drops and giveaways and all that. Let's just say I had a a motivational key, right. And the motivational key, you buy it once it's a pass. And every month uh, I'm going to drop you 30, 30 packages right? And you're going to get your 30 packages in that wallet and you can open them up and it's like candy. You unwrap it. Only, only the owner can see it. And it's a motivational quote. And it could be a personalized joint made specifically from me for you, or it could be, uh, you know, a general joint. You, you can, you, depending on the motivational key that you bought, it could be like, if, if you bought one and it was a hundred E, obviously those are very personalized tailor-made messages just for you. And it's all motivation. If you bought something that was like a 10th of an ETH, then guess what? That's probably more general, um, you know, copy pasta style motivational. But the thing is, is it's tailored to you because the thing about motivation and self-help stuff is there is usually a Delta. Like me personally, I'm not checking into that every day. Uh, you know, um, I, I don't do a lot of Tony Robbins. I don't do a lot of uh, Dale Carnegie. I'm I'm beyond that that pay, that point in my life, right? You, you're that Dalai Lama dude. You like you like to think about I, the quote, right? I, I I'm a little bit further than that, right? Like I think that that is yeah. I'm a historian in the sense that I'll go listen and in and, and, and look at the conceptual insights. But I would say I'm much more like I'll look at Ryan Holiday, right? Because hmm. Ryan Holiday is going to take, like, I trust him to go take all that motivational stuff and he'll say, okay, Bill Belichick said X, Y, and Z, and you can apply this to your life in this way. And then the Dalai Lama also said something very similar. I like that because it's not just one perspective. It's someone looking at multiple perspectives and giving you a concentrated dose of why you should never give up on your dreams. Right. And it's not, Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel as cringy or corny to me, but this is my point there's different types of motivation for different types of people. And if you made a marketplace for motivational NFTs that just kind of kept you motivated. And, and also the whole purpose here was to educate uh, the holders about NFTs. Cause there's still a lot of people that don't know what the hell an NFT is. Like, you know, every day I'm getting text messages, phone calls, video calls, and people are literally, I, if I were to condense what they asked me in a, in a one, in a one phrase, what the fuck is an NFT? That's what they asked me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what they asked me. And like, you yep. know, they're like, why are you, t- why are you texting me about NFTs? What the hell is this NFT? Q, why are you blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, I'm always on the defensive side. Like, yo, this is that new technology is going to change your life, blah, blah, blah. And like, it, it, it usually takes people a second to turn, to come around to it. But if I went down a path where I was looking at motivational NFTs, horoscope NFTs, spirituality NFTs, I think that's how you get the masses started in NFTs because it's not realistic for people to like be buying and trading. Um, like, because we send that shit all, all automatically. Think about how many texts I've gotten from my, my, uh, my relatives where they're sending me the little screenshot from the Bible app. Like, it's just like, dang, like y'all sending me that. That could be an NFT. You could just be dropping that to the wallet. Like, bro, I know you're going to read this. And it's not like they're not going to read it because I can't see what it is. Only the owner and holder can see. So if I want to send you some scripture, like I make that, take that NFT, send it to you and be like, yo, Ryan, check out that scripture. You're going to check it out because it's an NFT in your wallet. It's like a text message. For sure. Yeah. And and I'm guessing too, like, I mean, is there an element to it you think where it's not just the written text and it's kind of like a little bit flashy, like Hell maybe an yeah. artist kind of re- re- renders it to make it look, you know, yeah, cool too. Have you ever seen the Bible app in the like the uh, the the quotes that they that you can send from the Bible app? I'm gonna send you one right now. Uh, so if you got the U version um, Bible app and you read your scriptures in there, uh, what happens is once you're done reading the scripture, you can turn that into an artistic. Uh, rendition and it's kind of dope because there's just different ways like for like so like i just sent you one with the mountain i'm gonna send you another one with some rain i'm gonna send you another one 
that's more like your style, your style. This is, this feels like some contemporary Ryan Cowdery, right? And those, that's the same scripture. Mm. Oh, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah it's, I like it. it's almost like, honestly, like if you think about it, you could probably combine it with the whole generative art movement Hell too, where yeah. it's like, like we created this, you know, this algorithm that, you know, has analyzed all of the, the nice, you know, nice quote pictures on the internet. And now we can, you know, go and create our own quote pictures. Right, right, right. Exactly. So you're seeing, you're seeing it exactly how it is. I still think that like, you know, what you see on the outside should be different than what you get on the inside. And I think we're at that point where not a lot of NFTs are doing that. Uh, you know, just as a person that creates NFTs, I realize that I think that that's the coolest thing about NFTs as a collector is if I have an NFT and it's a multifaceted NFT, like think about MetaKey. That's an NFT we talk about that that has that it has that trait. Think about Board Ape Yacht yeah. Club. It has that trait. Like I don't care how you give it or how you spin it. Like if they got to connect to a website or a Discord or whatever, that's cool. But it needs to be not a one for one. Like it can be a one of one, but it can't be a one for one. I can't buy this NFT and all I get is what I see. We're, we're past that era. Yeah. If you're still thinking like that, I don't care if we're on chapter one or day zero. If you're still thinking about that, you're already failed the NFT game. For sure. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's like NFT should be like an onion. You know, you just yes. continue to peel layers and you get to, you know, I think one of the things too is, you know, eventually once the project's completely sold out and, you know, months and months pass, you got to keep people intrigued and interested and right. inspired by your NFT. So you kind of see them doing project collaborations and like new features and stuff like that. So it, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I think the, the, the Bible NFTs are interesting. Um, and to your whole point of like, how can you, how can you create something that brings a whole new class of potential NFT collectors to this, you know, ecosystem? That's like, I think that's where a lot of people are thinking is like, okay, we already know, what type and you know who's buying nfts today how do we how do we bring a whole new persona and right, i think that right. that's uh an interesting realm if i can shoot one go ahead I mean, go for it you got to shoot one i'm super shocked that these have not made it and it's actually one of my it's my profile quote on OpenSea. um i'm waiting for gary larson to mint the far side comics i don't understand how i have not seen any web comics or like popular web comics mint their nfts you know you take like let's make one people like like xkcd you know like this this dude you know you talk about a dude who was there from web 1.0 to 2.0 to 3.0 like this dude killed it ever you know and every era of the internet with his web comics mr lovenstein like all over the internet for for ages how have these people not found a way to take you know their putting out an uh a comic a web comic every single day how have they not figured out how to turn those into some sort of ecosystem because they had or like an NFT project of yeah. some sort. No, because I, I agree with you 100%. I think that those fit. I think that they fit perfectly. I think we need to create a concept and then I think all the listeners need to, you know, go tag Gary Larson, go tag, uh, what was it, XK? I can't, I don't remember it off top. What is it? Yeah, XKCD, Mr. Lovenstein. Go tag your favorite web comic I mean, artist. Go tag your favorite web comic artist and tell them to go check out this episode of NFT QT and listen to uh, th- this timestamp because you're right, Ryan. That's needed, and I think if you're listening to this and you're thinking about what marketplace is also needed, there could be a comic marketplace. If you look at my my current wallet, I have a uh, comics comics in my wallet. I have a couple. Yep. Right. I have. A yeah, I know. I've I've noticed them with you, and I'm like, this is really cool to see it as. Like, number one, I think the idea is, okay, take some of these popular ones that are out there and, you know, figure out a way to monetize them in a new way with NFTs. But there's another layer to that where it's like, who's going to be the first webcomic to start with NFTs? Like, they haven't even put out a webcomic yet, but they're going to start on NFTs and somebody gets to own edition one, then edition two. We're kind of seeing it with, you know, uh, some of these comics projects like Punk's Comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the... uh, Vox Collective, I think that's kind of what they're doing too. I don't entirely recall, but like, how can you just start a base of of collectors on NFTs too uh, through the 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 lens of NFTs? And I think like a site like Webtoon, where this is like a social media for web comics, right? This is like the biggest web comic platform in the world. They have monetization options on there, so if you get a certain number of views on your uh, comics uh, after a certain number of time you get to also share in uh, some of the profit that they make on advertising. So like 
Webtoon already has a pretty cool monetization way for people who are just starting up web comics. But how could Webtoon now, you know, elevate it to, you know, Web 3.0, which is, hey, like, you're always going to be monetizing the content you put out there. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. And I think, um, man, I got, we could do this idea thing for, for, for all, <laughs> we can keep going, man. I got, I got ideas on ideas after this. Uh, I know these listeners are like, man, I thought I was going to hear about all these cool niche marketplaces. These guys are just talking ideas. Sorry. This is, this is me and Q. This is what we do. We, oh yeah. We take sure. an idea and we just, we just get a little bit lost. So we apologize if you were, if you were wanting to hear about a dozen cool niche NFT marketplaces, we'll get to them. It might have to be an episode too, but yeah, we just kind of get, we get a little bit lost in the sauce sometimes. No, for sure. For sure. And I know we're, we're running up on time. I, I do want to go into, man, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like, think, we look, should just call it. Call all right. Look at, look at my list. Look at my list. I'd say, let's pick one more. Let's talk about them. I think we could do async art or X singles. I like both of them. All right. Let's uh, do both. Do let's do both. We got time. All right. Async art. Cool. You take that. I'll take X tingles. Cool. So async art came across this really cool idea they're doing. They're creating programmable NFTs. And basically the, the concept here is X artist comes, let's just call him Ryan. Ryan comes to their site. He wants to create a collection of NFTs. And what he does is you have a master NFT and you have layers NFTs. And basically the master NFT is the final piece of artwork. But you can also buy a layer NFT, which directly programs to what the master looks like. And the artist gets to program all these options into the layer NFT. So like, for instance, let's just say you were minting uh, the digital version of the Mona Lisa. All these different layers of the Mona Lisa are, you know, the background, what, what's in the background, the color of her hair, the color of her eyes, uh, you know, maybe she's holding something. You can add all these different layers and then you can program different things to change those layers. So maybe uh, you can change the color of her hair. You can change what she's holding. Maybe she's holding a squirt gun. Maybe she's holding a water bottle. Maybe she's holding, I don't know, a bouquet of flowers. And if you own a layer NFT, you get all these different options of what you can change it to. Um, And at any time you can change that and that'll edit the master NFT. So basically like you have all these people who own the different layers of the master. And if you own the master, you don't get to choose, pick and choose what it looks like all the people who own the layers get to pick and choose what it looks like. So yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that? I'm still trying to wrap my head around this one. Like it's, it's, it's it's an interesting idea, right? Like I've, I I never would have thought of something like this. Um, but it's kind of like, it's kind of almost like build your own Megazord or it's like, you know, you have all these different things you get to kind of pick and choose what it's going to look like. Uh, and it's, or, or kind of like, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh where you tried to, yeah, yeah, I don't remember what was the thing where you had to collect like the, the, the exo- arm, the legs, the Exodus. Yeah, exactly. So Ex- like, or was it Exodia? Kinda, it was Exodia. 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 Yep. Yeah. yeah. Where you had all, you, you had to get the arm, you had to get the leg, the body, the head and all yeah. this. So it's, I think like from the perspective of like, if you wanted if to go I, crazy. If and, I were a photographer, I would, I would, I would probably rock here. Like photographer, you, yeah, okay. photographer. Because like, think about it like this: if you're a photographer and you've taken enough photos, there used to be these things called um, not collages, but it's like a collage, but you could see a face within the the the, the all the pictures. You know, Marvel movies do this all the time when they like make the the face of the you know what I'm talking about in the opening scene where it's a bunch of pictures and then they make whatever logo or uh, thing they're trying to make. Uh, or continue explaining. I'm kind of, it's like, confused. think about a, a, a big collage, but the collage t- turns into like a mosaic where it like, it shows you like, it's like, mm. yeah, like, like as you zoom out, it's like yes. each part of the collage was a pixel that makes a bigger yes portrait of some sort. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Right. If you're a photographer and you can kind of make images or you, that's the creative part is like, okay, I'm trying to make this image of a, of a house. And I've taken all these photos within the house or around the house or by the house. And I've done all these portraits and I can recreate the house. And then you can own those individual pictures and portraits and like support me as a photographer. That would be dope. That's what I would use async Hmm. for. No, that's interesting. You know, I like that from the photographer perspective too. Cause like, okay, you've taken this, you know, kind of still 2d looking image and you know, you take it into Photoshop or whatever and you do your little lasso feature and you, you know, you block out, you know, the the person in the foreground, you block out the tree in the back, you block out the boat, like you can kind of 
lasso these different things. And all now all of a sudden, each one of those elements in the photo becomes something that could be edited. Yep, yep, yep. So that's async art. I think it's also cool because as I was browsing their site, like one of their avid users is Xcopy, who if you don't know who Xcopy is, I challenge you to go look at our top 100 NFTs uh, NFT sales of all time because Xcopy is on there a lot. And that can, man has sold a lot, a lot of art. So he's, he's on async. He's like an avid user. Um, so that's a good sign. Like if he's yeah. there. Yeah, for sure. And I, I would say that uh, before we, we hop off this, uh, if you want to go check out any of the projects that we've mentioned here, go to nftqt.com. And a lot of the stuff that we're discussing here makes it to that website in some form or capacity. If anything, I would just sign up for that email list on the site because there's a lot of game that we not only distill here on the podcast, but in the written word, it's a lot easier to consume because it's not all over the place. Like this is me and Ryan capturing us just literally picking up the phone and saying, yo, let's talk for a second. And with that, I want to get into extingles. Did I say that right? Or is it tingles? Yeah, X, X, I think it's X-Tingles. X-T-I-N-G-L-E-S dot com. I think it's tingles. I think the X is silent. I think it's... I think the X is silent. I don't think it's X-Tingles. I think it's tingles. But I think they have the X for whatever. Well, we got to talk. This is this one of those points. We got to talk to the people behind it because this is this is this is exactly why we're doing this. We're learning. So... I'm going to just call it tingles. But if you want to visit the site, it's X tingles.com x just the letter x and then tingles.com and what x tingles is or tingles is is a nft marketplace for asmr creators now for those that don't know um asmr is a phenomenon that is taken over uh, i would say the internet uh, it was it late 2016 early 2017 and yeah when- i think 2017 was the uh, the year i had in mind yeah so uh ASMR stands for autonomous sensory meridian response and a meridian response is like the tingling sensation that typically begins in the scap and moves throughout, you know, your body. Uh, If you go on YouTube and you type in ASMR, you'll understand that like this phenomena is, is taking off. I'm looking at it. It has 1.8 million searches each month. And the crazy thing about (laughs) it is the competition isn't that high. Uh, if you wanted to come in and be an ASMR artist, there's still a lot of room for you to to rank. Uh, this is still a phenomenon that a lot of people haven't wrapped their head around, but a lot of people use it. Uh, and I'm not going to get into ASMR uh, that deep, but just for the, the primer, for the people that are listening and they don't know what the hell this is. ASMR is a thing. It's a movement. It's rocking. And if you're an ASMR artist, YouTube has traditionally been your form of 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 just that's how you get that's how you get views people go to youtube and they type in asmr and there's just all different types of asmr there's asmr uh while painting asmr while doing makeup asmr while studying there's so many different types of asmr check it out and find that out for yourself but the the basic concept behind it is like no i I got they also understand are you out yeah yeah yeah. and so uh or i guess more ryan i didn't mean to cut you off what were you gonna say i was gonna talk about extingles but yeah like if you're still wondering what ASMR is, basically it's people like making weird sounds into a microphone and it triggers a, you know, a, a cool, funny feeling in listeners. It doesn't happen for everybody. Some people listen to one and they're like, what the hell is this? Why, why do people listen to this for 30 minutes? Uh, but, you know, for some people it works. Maybe it's a way to, to relax after a day of work or they listen to it before bed or in the morning. Yeah. Um, it, like sometimes it's somebody cr- crunching on popcorn. Sometimes it's somebody just crumpling up paper. Sometimes it's, you know, just tapping their fingernails together. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a weird category of content on the internet, but people love it, you know, for sure. For <laughs> sure. And I feel like if you're interested in it, go check it out. The one aside I'll say before I get into this NFT marketplace is ASMR is a niche. What I mean by that is Oftentimes people say, find your niche or go figure out, you know, a niche and then do whatever your skill is. This is a niche. And I would say it's a largely untapped niche. There's a lot of people in it. There's not a lot of competition. That means if you build something for ASMR creators or ASMR consumers, you might be successful at it. I'm not not saying that it's a guaranteed success, but the thing about this is there's already people to market to. There's already people that understand. There's already people that are in the space practicing, 
right? Like these are practitioners in the space, both on the consumer side and on the side where people are making the weird sounds that Ryan was talking about. So what I mean by that is this Tingles project, I think it's a really dope idea because their niche is very well defined. Who they serve is very well defined. What they sell is very well defined. And it's a premier marketplace for ASMR tings, which you can collect, sell, and trade. So if you like to hear the water drip from the sink and someone whisper like that in uh, while it's dripping, guess what? You could own that as an NFT. And if you don't like it anymore, you can sell it or you can trade it for something else. And I think that that yep. has power. This can evolve into so many different things. I definitely want to talk to the team behind Tingles. And, you know, I think... I think absolutely because it's got it's got two things here. It's like number one, it's got utility. Like if you're somebody who listens to ASMR every night, um, and you probably like there's probably a certain ASMR video that just scratches your itch perfectly. You know, like you're like I go to this whenever I really need ASMR to kick in. Um, if you could just own that one thirty second or minute clip that always is you know scratching that itch for you, I think that's where it makes sense. Like it's got the utility of like. I'm a I'm an ASMR power user. I want to own those few moments that really, really scratch that itch for me. Um, so it's got the utility, and it also like I don't know visual if if this will also incorporate some sort of visual element to it too. Um, but you know, just from the collectible standpoint, you know, it's got a if somebody can brand their things really well, it's got an element of a collectible nature to it too. Yeah, I'm going to start, I'm going to sign up for this. And uh, like I said, I want to talk to these people, bring them on the show, because this is, uh, this is dope. This is super dope. Nonetheless, Cowdery, I think uh, we are at time, man. Like if we, if we keep going, we could record all day, all night, but me and you both have lives and jobs to get back to. For sure. For sure. So for the people that are, are just tuning in, man, Thank you. Uh, Unfortunately, you're at the end of the show. And this episode of the NFT podcast was brought to you by the NFT handbook. The NFT handbook is a detailed guide on how to create, sell and buy non-fungible tokens without the need for a technical background. You can learn exactly what NFTs are and how they've evolved and why they have value by checking out the NFT handbook on Amazon. And with that being said, I will catch all of y'all in the future.